Hello, and welcome to this episode of Not Just Ghost Stories. I'm your host, Josh, joined by Jackie and Laura. We are a small team of experienced paranormal investigators, and here we discuss different locations that we've investigated, along with a little history and the evidence that we found. Today, we will be discussing Monroe House, located in Hartford City, Indiana. Jackie, do you have a little history for us? I do. The first foundation was laid in 1806. In 1867, John Saxton lived there while waiting for the Blackford Jail to be built. The Blackford Jail was completed in 1879 and is just literally down the road a short ways. A log cabin and a cemetery were believed to have been on the grounds. In 1892, John Berger, his wife Mary, and five children moved onto the property. I found a report that said he had the house built for his family and that he knocked down an existing structure to do so. In 1905, John died from tuberculosis. Mary stayed in the house and rented out the upstairs for income. In 1905, Ulysses G. and Mary Myers and their three children moved in. Ulysses was said to have been a nice guy, a hard worker, but living in the house changed him. There were rumors of child and spousal abuse brought up in the divorce. Mary accused UG of cruel and inhumane treatment, and he accused her of chastising children with a buggy whip. He soon lost all the family money and ran off with his mistress. In 1921, Harry B. Myers bought the property from Mary Berger and moved in downstairs with his wife, Emma, and his 23-year-old son, Clayton. Eventually, Clayton married and moved his wife, Pearl, in with the family. In 1940, Sidney Faulkner and his wife, Myrtle, moved into the upstairs. That same year, Sidney died in a car accident. Myrtle moved out and a family with children moved in. In the 1980s or 90s, rumors circulated of occult activity taking place in the house. In 2016, while filming an episode of Paranormal Lockdown, Human remains were found in the basement crawl space. The remains were dated to be at least 100 years old. Eddie Norris, the current owner, bought the house in 2003 for a quick flip. He now rents it out for paranormal investigations and has a collection of paranormal artifacts in the house. In the doll room is a piece of broken china from Alexander Crowley's house that burned down in 2015. There's also a room with Ouija boards. All right. Thank you for the history on that, Jackie. Now, anybody who's in, done anything with paranormal has heard of the Monroe House. The They've, Demon House. The Demon House is what it's referred to as. Uh, you know, Paranormal Lockdown has been there. There's been a few different uh, ghost shows out there that you you watch um, that have been in this house and gotten all kinds of different evidence. Um, that's kind of what... We said, okay, we got to go do this one. And actually, when we did Blackford Jail, um, that one was one where we kind of looked down there and said, we got to get it in this house at some point. So it was, uh, you know, very interesting. Now, I do know that some of, they said the history, when I was reading up on it, has been muddled because at one point they said that there was a fire in the house, too, that took out a little bit of the house. Do you read that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find anything definitive on it so yeah so like you know there's always you know it goes through so many hands and it's so long i mean the 1800s is quite a bit for a house to be standing through that that way that 
you never know exactly what you're going to find overall. But I had read that, um, but they said they never they never really found anything about that. Is what I had found. Now, you know, pulling up to the house, uh, let's talk first impressions. Um, Laura, what was your first impression of the house? My first impression was I was excited. I already knew to be afraid because when we were doing Blackford and the jail there, I did walk down there and took some pictures and and immediately knew that it was a place that I, I definitely wanted to get in. Now, when you actually walk in, it's it's different feeling. While I was excited because I knew we were going to have things happen. Um, it's unsettling in places in there. Very, you know, in some places you just don't want to be at all. So I was excited to get there and kind of overwhelmed after we walked through the door. Jackie, your first impression? Uh, they have a uh, they have fence in the backyard and they have a gate. This is the second time I had been to the house. And I was just walking up to it, you know, like Laura, excited. Go through the gate, and as you step onto the uh, concrete sort of like a patio, I stopped and I thought, I don't want to go in because <laughs> it's not going to be good in there. Now, I will say, while when you brought up, you walked in the gate, there's also something it, that's strange outside at times. I was I was going to mention this. Um, There's... These little conifer trees, some sort of pines that they're just planted weird. They're just planted really odd. And I know when we walked, if you walk on around the house, there's one area that's just like a little sidewalk before, and then there's a gate. So it's just a little walkway. And I don't like it over there. Now, I did ask the owner about the uh, the conifers, and he said they they got them for a good price. And they were kind of to help uh, deaden when they grow up to help deaden the sound. But you're right. He he planted them in a circle and they're just in a weird place. Yeah, and they're like nowhere near the fence. Like yeah. you would think they would be near like the fence where the road is. Because when you're out there, you do hear cars. I mean, when we were going back and listening to the recordings, even this morning, it was like, oh, car. It's very distinguishable there. So that's a good idea, but... Well, just I mean, Josh is probably better at explaining like the layout of yeah. It, maybe. If you're if you're looking at the overall top of the house, and you can actually see it on Google Maps if you actually pull it up. There's a little side yard, um, and the trees kind of go in a U shape to kind of cordon off that yard from the rest of the yard. So when those things grow up, you won't be able to get into that little part, and then there'll be no way to get into that small part of the yard. In the back, if you kind of really look at it. They do an odd circle, but they do like a spiral circle pattern around the backyard. Um, they have a fire pit that's set out there with trees and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I can understand deadening the sound. However, it's still a very odd layout. And it's almost like, why would we put it here and not kind of over there, maybe more straight line it? You if you're know, a person across. that questions everything, it's very questionable. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a garage there too, because yeah. I remember staring at that garage, going, "I don't know if I like that or not." It was sort of a ambivalent, like should go in there, shouldn't go in there. We didn't have the opportunity to go in there, but you just kind of look at it. And I guess sitting there, I would have been surprised if some big hairy monster came out of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just a walk onto the property. It is a very kind of eerie feeling. Um, you know, for me, myself, I'm not sure if it's from where I have watched all the paranormal shows and seen their outcomes and, 
it being known as the demon house, if that was what was giving me the weird feeling, but you know, I'm able to kind of read myself a little bit more now. So it was kind of down in my gut and I'm like, no, I just feel like I'm being watched. Something's sitting here watching me and I'm not even inside the house yet. One might say it's chaotic energy. Ah, so and we'll get to that here soon. Uh, yeah, for me, the, like the psychic reading of it outside is, I think whatever is outside is there to keep what is inside, inside. Yeah. And over in the corner, there's a tombstone. Strangely. Yeah. yeah. Not connected, like sit there. Yeah, it's like not connected to the house in any way. I don't think there's, you can kind of make out a name, but it's just like it's there. And it's almost the hidden a little bit unless you're really looking for it in that back corner of that property. But you know, they have a lot of stuff there that doesn't have a thing to do with the house. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even on the inside, there's, you know, artifacts, there's old books. Didn't we see something about the Hinsdale house in there? We in did. That one room? Yeah, yeah, he has a lot of, of things like that, you know, books and bricks from different other haunted locations and... Yeah. Who knows what comes with those? Yeah. I don't know. Well, different things that people have brought in to give to him. So um, since we're there, let's, you know, walk inside the house. So where we enter was actually through the back door and it kind of goes into like a small little area. It's a, It looks like it's a used to be a porch. Yeah. And they enclosed it. Yep. So and, you know, the, the house layout is really weird, but he also has been working on it as far as trying to redo some walls. Um, you can tell where there were some doors at one point, but they're no longer there. The stairs are on the outside. Yeah, it's, they shifted the stairs. The stairs used to be in the living room where we were sitting down, or the the room before the living room. Those are gone. So the only way to get to the upstairs is to actually come back through the house, through our little enclosed-in porch, which is now part of the house, through another door and up those stairs. Yeah. And then right off that enclosed porch, the very next room that you see right there is actually the kitchen. Uh, there's a little small kitchen there. Off of that kitchen, you have two doorways, one that goes to the left and one that goes to the right. Uh, the one that goes to the left, there's a little room there that goes down to the hallway into what would, I guess, be the front foyer area. And then into the main big living room is what I'm thinking it was. Yes. Am I right about that? And also at one point it was made into what you consider duplex. So there were are two front doors. Yeah. There's two front doors. And that's on that's on the left hand side when you walk into the kitchen. The right hand side you go through almost like a little I guess where it would be like a washroom, there'd be a laundry uh area right there. Um, there's a door that leads down to the basement. Then you go through another little doorway and there's what we ended up calling the blue room because it was painted blue. And yeah. then there was a little tiny room off of that, which I guess would have been considered a bedroom. So they had uh, an armoire and a couple little small things inside of it. Then you go upstairs <laughs> and uh, you have to go to the other side of the house again, back to the porch. You'd walk up the stairs, little hallway. There's a room at the end of the hallway, bedroom. You have another hallway, you have a bathroom, and then another, like, almost open-style type of room that went into another bedroom. It was kind of just an odd layout. It was a straight-down shot that way. Am I am I thinking right on all of this? Yep, and the upstairs is the only bathroom. So 
the Monroe house, you're going to find out how brave you are because <laughs> in the middle of the night when everybody's sleeping and you got to use that bathroom, are, are you going to go up there all on your own and do it or not? You're uh, Me, no. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to go pee in the middle of the night and I went outside. <laughs> I, I did. She did. Yes, she did, because uh, we were all sleeping, and she's like, nope, I'm, I'm going outside. I use the bathroom. I'm not brave. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, uh, for me, going up to the bathroom by myself, it was one of those things, as you were walking up the stairs, your heart starts pumping a little harder, and you're like, eh, I feel weird, but uh, I'm going to go in here anyway. <laughs> and there's a door. You close the door as you step onto the stairs, downstairs. And then upstairs, there's a door, and you have to open that to step into the upstairs. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they're both closed is because there's a bat. We never saw him. No. But we were told there's a bat in the hallway, so if you don't want him flying around the rest of the house, you keep those doors closed. But that just makes sure, if you're the only one heading to the bathroom, you've got two doors that you'd have to scream loud enough to, for the sound to carry through. <laughs> So, um, you know, we had kind of done our initial walkthrough, kind of looking at everything. Uh, we decided to set up on some stuff, but I think we kind of waited to set up some cameras. We just decided, uh, I think we set up uh, the iCal. I set up my recorder in the, the front living room area because there had been reports on that side. Um, we just set up some random equipment throughout the house. Well, this was one of the early places where uh, we set some stuff up and then left for a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we went and got some dinner before we did anything, but we went ahead and set it up just to kind of see if something was going to happen while we were not there. I think we did set up a camera in the kitchen uh, before we left, and I don't think we got anything off of that. We didn't get anything, and the reason why we set up the camera and I put my recorder there, when we I was the first one in the house, and I uh, stepped into the house where we ended up putting our cots and all our equipment and stuff, and that was okay. Lived through that, and I thought, okay, well, we're good. Stepped through the doorway into the kitchen and went, oh, crap. So I made sure before we left that there was a recorder there and a camera. Yeah. Now, when we got back, uh, we decided to set up a camera um, in a couple different places in the house. One was in the back blue room in that little room. I think we set one up back there. If I'm not mistaken, I, for some reason, I went through that doorway. This is one of the things that sticks out in my head at the beginning of the investigation. Because I went through that doorway to, to set up something back in those back rooms. We did set one on up there, yeah. Yeah. So as I walked through, I set everything up, got everything running. I walked back. The door to the kitchen through that little walkway was closed. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Why Why they closed the door on me? So I walked through. I looked at Laura. And I said... Did you shut the door? Laura's like, no. And actually, we have this on a uh, recording yeah. of the conversation. I'm like, I literally just went through there to set up the camera. Didn't nobody shut the door on this? And no. So I actually investigated the door, trying to see, you know, if I walk through, if I walk through fast enough, if I walk through, you know, stomping my feet a little bit harder, trying to get that door to move, and it would not move. That we, door we, never moved for the rest of the time. We I was going to say we even opened other doors to see if it was like a vacuum. Yeah, I mean situation, and that wasn't brutal either. No, I, it never moved for the rest of the night for some reason. When I walked through there to do that, when I came back, it was shut. We don't know why. 
So um, it was something that I wish we had caught on on camera. However, we didn't have one set up right there, but um, it was just kind of one we of those had experiences. It, but it was facing the other way because when I first stepped out there, I thought um, it was coming from the other coming other from side, the, the left, left side. Instead, yeah. yeah. So it was um, for me one of those experiences. Like, okay, now we're getting somewhere here. This is something that it was starting to ramp me up a little bit. I was ready to go. Um, the very first thing we decided to investigate would be the basement. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's where they found the bones. There's a crawl space down in the basement. You can no longer get into it. You can look at it, but you can't get into it and stuff. And uh, uh, I guess uh, Nick Groff was back there and he found the bones. Yeah. Laura, what did you feel? The basement is why I was afraid to go anywhere in the house by myself. <laughs> um, the crawl space, I didn't see anything through there. I took a lot of pictures, but I, I will say that I didn't catch anything on photography unless I just simply am not seeing it. Um, but when I would sit in psychically do that room is when I, I saw horns and blood at running down the walls and um it, it was a man's face like a human person and the, the horns appeared to be like a headdress but it was very it's still very terrifying um i listened to some recordings today to you know refreshing myself and i had actually blocked that out until i heard my own voice describing it and i'm like shit now I remember that again. <laughs> so, but yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But I'm going to take a couple of breaths now. So uh, we can pretty much rule out that the horns did not belong to the water buffalo hat like Fred Flintstone always wore. No. no. Okay. But at the same time, she's describing it as more of a headdress, like somebody wearing it. Right. Um, more so... Again, we, we've talked about this on, on prior podcasts. We don't say the D word a whole lot. And the D word in paranormal is demonic or demon. Um, we try to find other reasons around that, right? So, right. I mean, going and thinking about this, would you say demon? Well, I would say no, because the, I saw a man wearing yeah. it. Yeah. So, you like know. Like, I knew that. That man had been a, a human. Gotcha. I I felt like this was a ritual thing, and these the horns. It wasn't like they were on a headband or anything. I I I really don't know how they were attached. Maybe more like a crown, because there was other things on it. But the horns were like spiral spirals. Yeah, yeah, spirals and pointy at the top. Yeah. Now, Jackie, what about your feelings downstairs in the basement? Well, I was kind of like with her, but what I felt was people were punished down there. People were sent down there, and that's where they were punished. So I'm like with her, I, I didn't get demon or demonic. I got this is all human suffering and stuff. I also had a notated in a journal while we were there, cages. I saw cages in places. I didn't see anybody in them, but there were cages, like like dog kennels, like, or yes, but they weren't for use for dogs. They they were used for people, women specifically. Okay, 
I mean, there was a lot of stuff as far as evidence downstairs in the basement. Um, I can't say that we got anything on EVP. Um, no. I can't say we got anything on camera. I can't say we got anything on, on still photograph, uh, full spectrum, any of those. Uh, most of our stuff down in the basement was mostly feelings. I think we got a couple of weird K2 hits um, that we weren't able to really... Nothing that we could correlate. Yeah, correlate to anything. Um, but downstairs, it was more feelings. I mean, I, I remember standing in the middle of that little basement going, I just feel weird. <laughs> I can tell you that even just sitting here discussing it, my heart is beating really fast, and I'm like... Please don't anybody knock inside my head right now. This, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And it, to me, it came in waves. Yeah. It was like a wave of of something's coming. Maybe we should run and not being smart enough to run. But uh, And then it was like, oh, okay, we're just in a basement and stuff. I did get the impression of a female, black hair, long black hair, in the crawl space. Crawling out of the crawl space. Yeah, there, there's a lot of entities down there. A, a very high number, considering that we didn't catch any voices or anything. This this area, there's been a lot of things happen over the years. I don't know what they've all been. But there's a lot of residual energies down there, that, and none of them are happy. Yeah, And it's a small space. That's what I couldn't figure out. It's like... Maybe I don't know how to do the demon worship, but it's like, why would you demon worship down in this crowded um, dirt yeah. floor basement where probably his horns were going to stick into the ceiling and stuff? It was a very small, very kind of cramped style area, so it never made any sense to me either. Well, you you too also, Jackie, at one time thought that there was like a hidden pentagram. Yes, somewhere. So... Who knows? <laughs> and it felt like we were in the basement a long time, but I don't think we were. I really don't it, think... It, you can't spend too much time in that basement. I mean, no. thinking back on it now, I think that would have been one of those where I would have been backing out going, nope, nope, nope. So I, we couldn't have been down there that long. I, I will say on EVP, I think we did make fun of Laura for not being able to find the door at Hinsdale. Um And yes. that one, we're kind of like, it's that same type of thing, you know. <laughs> and at some point, Josh, you had left, and I don't remember why. Well, I think I went to go get some more equipment, some different equipment. We were looking for yes. a couple different things. So I, I had ran upstairs to that little room. However, what I can remember is is I went upstairs to get a couple different pieces of equipment. I think I was going for things like a rim pod or a proximity sensor, those type of things. Um, and I had to stop and was like, Something something wasn't right upstairs. I think I ended up coming back downstairs saying we we got to go upstairs and start investigating up there. I think at one point was my, our next thing. Yes, and we didn't argue with them. No, um, I think everybody was ready to leave that basement. Yeah. yeah, I in the recording, I even at one time mentioned that I I can't get the full scope of it because it can't fully open my mind because my head would start hurting. Yeah, like immediately. So now let's go on and, and go back upstairs. I think we took a quick break, kind of just kind of relaxed for a minute. Not a quick break. We went outside for a little bit and set, yeah, to yeah. kind of, I guess, reset, ground yourself, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 
So I think the next place that we went, we decided to stay on the second floor or the main floor, I should say. Um, and we went toward the front of the house, toward the living room areas, um, that little room that was off to the side. Now, uh, that little room that was off to the side had uh, some display cases in it, some bookshelves, uh, had a table. Laura looked straight at it. I can remember this. She looked straight at it and said, seance has been done sitting at this table. Um, so, you know, you had different things there, but a lot of the stuff as we were looking through it, some of it was about Monroe. Other things were from other places all around um, the state and and all around America. So, like, I think that's where one of the things about Hinsdale House yeah. was. Um, so it was just kind of an odd feeling inside of that little room, but not a lot was happening in there, if I remember correctly. No. I spent some time in there. Either there was a crystal ball there or I had... I don't think I'd taken mine. No. But uh, it just seemed like sitting at that table, there should be a crystal ball or something there. In the living room is where that I ended up sitting down with a piece of hematite, which Jackie had um, suggested and did try to open my mind all the way. And it was like things came through like a movie trailer. Um, kind of from one scene to the next, maybe movie trailer is not the best, but you get, you get the point. Um, none of it was good. I saw things like, uh, I saw rape. I seen just a red river. That one makes the least amount of sense to me. Um, I saw a shape of a diamond, um, and people in cages up there. See, there was cages in multiple places. Now the ones on the main floor, one of them had a person in it. Yeah. I mean, as far as for me in that living room area, I, I can't say that I ever felt really a whole lot. Like, I remember seeing some shadow kind of happening in that living room. I, I don't think what I saw was necessarily in that living room. I no, think it was just that that was where I sat and tried to open it without, you know, feeling the energy of the basement directly against me. Yeah. yeah and you were against the wall. And I thought you, you were sort of like in your own world. And where I, I was sitting, I was the one that was involved with, I call them the agents of chaos because I'm old enough to remember Get Smart. Well, this was in the front. The agents of chaos were in the back. No, they were in the front. They never came into that living room, but they came down that hallway and they were standing there by that second door. Oh, yeah. And totally we were talking to them. You were, you were really involved in something next to the wall. Yeah, you sat there yeah. to kind of like leaned against it. Yeah, we were kind of wondering if you're being possessed or something. Cause... And then, I'm kind uh, of blacked out on that point now. <laughs> yeah, the agents of chaos started talking through Laura. Not through Laura, but she was picking up their, um, their answers to my questions. Now, since we brought it up, agents of chaos uh, is what we're going to talk about on the next episode. Uh, and then we'll kind of explain what we mean. So until then, this has been Not Just Ghost Stories. We've been your hosts, Josh. Laura. And Jackie. Until next time, you can find information and contact us on our website at notjustghoststories.com and see evidence that we've discussed on Facebook at Not Just Ghost Stories. Thanks. Thanks.